Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Having worked in the summer camp industry for the past two decades, I'm convinced that summer camp professionals have a unique view on kids and young adults. I am certain that the stories that they've earned by working with and alongside thousands of kids and staff members from literally all over the world can be useful to parents, teachers, coaches, and mentors back home. So each week, I spend some time around the digital campfire with the leaders and thinkers of the summer camp world. We share stories, we laugh, we learn together, which really, when you think about it, is what we've been doing around campfires for as long as campfires have been around. So I hope that you'll spend the next few minutes around this digital campfire with me to see how you can take some of the magic and fun of summer camp and apply it to your life back home. This Campfire Conversation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Scope, who send hundreds of children from financially disadvantaged families to summer camp each year. Kate and I have supported Scope since our first summer in camping 17 years ago, and I'm thrilled they're supportive of this podcast. Stick around to the end of this Campfire Conversation to learn more about Scope, or press pause and head on over to them on the web at scopeusa.org. So about 18 months ago, I was doing some research online about the letters G-A-C. You see, we talk a lot about at our camp about gratitude, attitude, and courage, and the kids just call it GAC, G-A-C. So I was curious to find what other GAC or GAC things were out there on the web. That search actually led me to a website of Gold Arrow Camp and its fabulous owner and director, Audrey Monkey. After reading through the site, I made a note to reach out to her in the fall when you know we have a little bit more time. I, I had no idea the luck that I was literally falling into. What started as a tentative email from me has turned into a new thought-provoking friendship in both summer camp and in parenting. It turns out Audrey is not only an amazing camp director, but she's also a very important thinker in the parenting space um, and has a lot of wonderful things to say, many of which she's actually coalesced into a new book that's about to come out called Happy Campers. So I hope you'll have a really fun and, and informative conversation like I did with my friend Audrey Monkey. Um, Audrey Monkey, thank you so much for stopping by the campfire. I'm so happy to be here. So I've learned a lot from you over the course of the last several months when I finally introduced all your work that you're doing in Sunshine Parenting. Um, but you've been a camp director for a lot longer than you've been doing Sunshine Parenting. How'd you get into camp? Um, I Like many of us, I started as a camper mm-hmm. and then ended up starting to work as a counselor during college, thinking that it was just to get some extra experience mm-hmm. before becoming a teacher, which is what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. And I ended up that first summer working as a water ski instructor, realizing that what I really loved was the kind of teaching that we do at camp, which mm-hmm. was kind of life teaching. Um, yeah. I think there wasn't the job at the time called life coach, but I, <laughs> but I think what I loved then and what I still love now is just chatting with people and sort of mentoring and coaching them mm-hmm. um, in just life. Like, what are your goals and, you know, what makes you happy? And um, so loved that summer, ended up spending the rest of college counting down the days to mm-hmm. when I got to go back to camp, yeah. um, just like campers do today. And um, ended up just by a whole series of events getting to buy the camp that Mm -hmm. I had worked at during college. Um, It was just kind of destiny, um, meant to be, the timing was uncanny. Mm -hmm. So uh, shortly after I graduated from college, Mm -hmm. I actually purchased the camp where I had 
been a counselor and been a camper. Wow, that, that is a rare occurrence. And then your family came into this as well. Um, well, actually, they were later. So yeah, I met right. my husband so afterwards. afterwards. Yes. Right. So he, and then even when we were first married, um, my husband and I got married in 92, mm-hmm. three years after I had bought the camp. And he was doing something else mm-hmm. until 1995. So okay. he would help with kind of a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, like the computer database when we were first getting our first little Mac SE sure. 40 computer. <laughs> yeah. So he was helping behind the scenes, but he was actually working elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so it was only after we had our first child in 94 mm-hmm. that we were like, hmm. Yeah, how this are we is... gonna manage this? Yes, <laughs> so he came on just as a trial in 1995. Got and it. then as things have evolved and I've started doing some other stuff, mm-hmm. he's now actually the one running like the main business aspects of camp at this point and I'm more parent education staff training yeah. a lot of parent kind of stuff sure but he does the facilities the accounting the all the back of the house yep yeah, yep got it absolutely right. well, very good so in the process you've you've raised five of your own children yes all at camp yes so you've been in the trenches not only with other people's kids but mm-hmm. with your own kids and in the last couple of years you've been doing sunshine parenting mm-hmm. where you're really looking at all of the information out there you know, across all different disciplines and how does that influence us as parents and how should we learn from that? It sounds like to me, and I'm really excited to even say this, that you've now taken all that from what you've learned outside of camp, what you've learned inside of camp, and you've made a book. You've written a, your own book about this. Yes, that's a good, that's a good uh, summation of what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it's funny, as far back as I can remember, even as a pretty young, like, adolescent, I always was into, um, like, personal development books mm-hmm. and ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the ways that um, we can kind of live our best life? And so I always was attracted to like the, literally the self-help aisle in like Barnes and Noble and just these books. And, you know, of course, like Brene Brown and Gretchen Rubin and all these people that write about just being a good person and Mm -hmm. having a good life. So I've always loved that stuff. Um, And so I started bringing that into camp. Mm-hmm. before I even had my own kids. I started thinking about, I mean, I remember in the 80s, the you know, self-esteem were the buzzwords. Right. And um, so we would talk about that, and I think we would now refer to it more as like self-confidence or something mm-hmm. else. But um, that concept of how do we talk to kids to help them feel better about themselves? How do we help them grow? So I was always, I started immediately when I worked at camp. I had already graduated with my degree, but I started taking like extra on the side child development classes and things like that yeah. in the 90s. Because you were curious. I was just curious. Yeah. I'm a lifelong learner on the strengths thing. Yep. Learning, curiosity, all that stuff's really high. So um, I started trying things at camp. Mm-hmm. And then once I had my own kids, I was like, oh, well, this can work at home too. So whether it's something like um, regular sharing. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really common practice at a lot of camps. And that's like in my book, camp people who've read it Mm -hmm. will say, oh, this sounds just like my camp too. It's very, it resonates with the camp world because we're very intentional Mm -hmm. about, we're being with kids, we're having fun, but there's also thought behind what we're doing at these times. So whether it's around a dinner table or Mm -hmm. around a campfire, Mm -hmm. like we're having now, we think about, okay, we want to have fun, but we also want to make sure is everyone in this group contributing? Mm-hmm. Is the quiet kid, do they have some kind of opportunity to share? Or is this conversation dominated by 
one child. Right. And I think you have three kids, right? I do, three boys, yeah. So, so with our five kids, mm -hmm. they vary in personality a lot. A little, yeah. <laughs> well, mine and, certainly do. <laughs> and if you allow, whether it's in a family or in a cabin group at camp, if mm -hmm. you allow conversation to just flow freely, mm -hmm. there will be sometimes one or two people who dominate the whole thing. Right. And there will be one or two people who never can get a word in edgewise. Mm -hmm. um, and so knowing that we set up some things at camp very intentionally, like when we have a cabin group of eight to 10 kids and a couple counselors, you know, when they're having their campfire, a lot of it's going to be fun and playing some games that we play, mm -hmm. but there's always going to be a time when we're doing something that is planned. Right. So it's whether it's sharing, you know, a high and low of the day, mm -hmm. whether it's um, having people take turns sharing a story mm -hmm. that is about them and their life. And our campers love this stuff. And every age of kid loves that opportunity, even if they're kind of shy, mm -hmm. to be having everyone listen to them. Right. You know, um, and around the campfire, yes. there's, there's something yeah. primal about mm -hmm. that. It's something that, oh, mm -hmm. okay, we should all be doing this yep. and be a part of it. But you're able to get the wallflowers yep. out yep. and into the, the realm. Yeah. So what are some of the other things? You talk about sharing, obviously, is a big mm -hmm. thing. And that's hugely important around the mm -hmm. dinner table and back home, yeah. what's going on. What are some of the other parts of camp do you want to have families know? Like, all right, this is what makes happy campers. Yeah. This is what can make happy kids back home. Right. Um, well, I think, you know, kind of the first chapter of the book mm -hmm. is... Um, called Connection Comes First. Mm -hmm. And I've heard a lot of phrases. Um, Tina Payne Bryson and Daniel Siegel coined the term connection before correction. Oh, okay. And it's that concept that if you're trying to help a child change a behavior, mm -hmm. you really won't get anywhere until they feel connected to you and they feel in relationship with you. Yep. So you can't just come in and say, I'm the adult, I'm the teacher, I'm the parent, I'm the camp counselor, do what I say. Mm -hmm. But if you have shown that child that you care about them, you've worked to get to know them, when they make a misstep, mm -hmm. you can then say to them in a way that they will receive you better. Mm -hmm. You know what? Hey, what if we try doing that differently next time? So the whole first chapter and my kind of main thing at camp too, we just say, we call it real relationships, like huh? spelled R-E-A-L. <laughs> like yeah, nice. So I use that in my book too. And it's to distinguish for our counselors and for the campers mm -hmm that we're looking not just at the kind of quote unquote friends mm -hmm. or followers that you right. might have out in the world. We're looking for real connection, yeah. which only comes through uh, taking the time to listen, have these chats, mm -hmm. get to know people. And so anyway, so a lot of it, a lot of my focus is on connection. The first chapters of the book, which mm -hmm. is called by the way, um, happy campers, yep. nine, Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids Who Become Thriving Adults. That's kind what of, we all want. <laughs> it's kind of a long subtitle. We, for a long time, we were talking about different adjectives in the, the subtitle, mm -hmm. but it really didn't fit because it was just this overall kind of theme of what are these things that we can do? And I really tried to make it simple, doable things. Mm -hmm. So this is not a kind of book... I really want it to be positively received and in a way that parents can understand that you don't have to do all of these things. Right. Maybe you just pick one thing. Right. Pick and choose. Pick and choose one sure. thing that we do at camp that you can take home really easily. Mm -hmm. It could just be sharing. Right. could be daily sharing. Um, another thing that I talk about in that same chapter is, and you probably do this at your camp too, I'm guessing. Yeah. Our counselors all know that one of their jobs is to have a one-on-one -on -one check in with each child every day. Yep. And whether you're in the management world, any kind mm -hmm. of leader um, needs to make that connection one-on-one right. -on -one with their people every day. 
Right, there's a the great comment about managed by walking around. Yeah, you know, yeah. Peters yep. talks about that, yes. and that, that is such a huge part about camp. Yeah, that's one of the things as, as a director, like, all I want to do is get out of the office. Right, and you know, I love talking to parents, but my job is out there with the kids yes. and with the staff. Yes, you know, just so I can see what's going right. on, and that one-on-one -on -one connection really does create the connection you're talking about, so right. that you can then go to them and say, hey, I need this. I need to see more of this. Right, right. Right. And so you're one-on-one, -on -one, so when you think about whether it's your family mm -hmm. or your business or whatever it is, your one-on-one -on -one relationships and connections need to be on your direct people. Right. So in a family, mm -hmm. you know, you're, it's your kids. And I, you know, my kids are pretty independent and do a lot of crazy things and go away to camp and mm -hmm. go other places. And we have really close relationships. Mm -hmm. And when we're together, I make a point to focus on them mm -hmm. for that time. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this is kind of going to sound crazy to a lot of people, but I, my son, my youngest son, goes to a boarding school for mm -hmm. high school, mm -hmm. which sounds crazy. Why would you allow that? It's for a lot of reasons. He loves it. It's yeah. been great for him and his personality. It's a lot like camp. And I have to say our relationship is closer and better now mm -hmm. than it was when he was at home because he wasn't that happy in his old situation. Sure. Now, oh, my gosh, when we're together, he is like, sharing he shares more stories with me mm -hmm. in over a weekend that we're hanging out together that's awesome than i've heard in like the last three years so it's not about necessarily um even always being in the same room mm -hmm. or having all this tons of time it's what you do with that time you have right. i think a lot of times parents are so busy and life is so chaotic mm -hmm. that they haven't taken five minutes right. to just be like What's up? Right. Truly having the quality yeah. time, not the quantity time. You know, yeah. It was it five love languages. You yes. Know, quality time yeah. is, is a love language. Yes. And it's so important to have that. Yeah. We've actually gotten to the point, you know, because we run summer camp where we don't have our summers with our kids. Right. Where I always take, you know, one of my boys one-on-one, yeah. -on -one, either on an overnight trip or awesome. just out to dinner, yeah. just the two yeah. of us. Yeah. You know, the other kids are, you know, doing awesome. their stuff and then the next night's the next guy. Yeah. You know, that time is so precious. Right. Yeah. That we really just don't. We don't do it enough, right. I don't feel like. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's one of it is just the one-on-one. -on -one. Like if you did one thing, mm -hmm. a simple change in a family mm -hmm. that could mimic what we do at camp, mm -hmm. it would be to just, whether it's at bedtime or whatever mm -hmm. time works for you, giving your kid your full attention for yep. just a couple minutes. And because a lot of days go by for kids where they get that from no one. Mm, that's a sad thing. And that's what... When kids come to camp, one of the reasons they feel so good and happy mm -hmm. and this sense of belonging is because there is somebody every day it's who is 100% looking at them. And, and like at our camp, we have them say, we have specific things like ideas. It does, it's not prescribed, like you don't have to do a certain thing, but some of the things we want them to be checking on is, you know, how are your friendships going? Mm -hmm. You know, um, who are you feeling close to? Right. Um, what, um, what activities have been really hard for you? What are, you know, can I help you with any of these things that you're going through? So it's like pretty much, you know, getting to know them and also letting that child know that you're there for them. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so that's, that's one of the, you know, it's just a simple thing in the book that to me, you know, maybe people just would automatically know that. But what I've found and what I've heard from kids is that they don't always get that from teachers or parents. Right. Yeah, it's funny. It reminds me of a story Steve Baskin at Camp Champions mm -hmm. tell about his first experience going to camp and how a counselor, you know, got down on one knee and looked at him at, at, as an eight-year-old and said, I'm so excited. I get to be your counselor. Yeah. And what it makes me think listening to you talk is that, we as parents need to do a better job of looking at our children and say, I get to be your parent. Yes, yeah. You know, yeah. Or as a teacher, I get yeah. to be your, it's not yeah. I have to. Right. It's, I get to. Yep. 
So you're, you're choosing that, and mm -hmm. by choosing that, then you're going to put more effort into yeah. it. I'd never thought about that way. Yeah. Well, and I, you almost could use that, that whole phrasing with everything. I always Absolutely. like to say that, like, um, anytime you say, you know, I have to do the dishes or something, you say, I get to do dishes because, wow, right. we have all this food. Right. And it a family a, and a home and some dishes. Right. It leads to an yeah. attitude of gratitude. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, being grateful yeah. for what you have. Yeah. All right. So connection is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other pieces in the book you talk um, about? So one of the other chapters is just all about um, positive communi communication and behavior management. Okay. And it's, again, it's the tips and the things that we're teaching our counselors every summer in mm -hmm. training that are sort of well-known mm -hmm. in child development, but not necessarily taught mm. to parents in any yeah. no venue. No one taught me. No one taught us. And so <laughs> oftentimes we just kind of get into cycles with our kids where, you know, we're being negative or we're yelling because we're frustrated and it's just like a natural human reaction. Mm -hmm. um, so this is sort of a, it's interesting, I don't know if you feel this way, but you know, counselors are held to a much higher standard than a parent would be. Totally. So I mean, or we manage, like, we manage them the whole time. No one manages yeah, us as parents. Yes. <laughs> or like if you hired a babysitter as right. an example, mm -hmm. you know, it would be unacceptable to you for them to be sitting on the couch on their phone the whole time that they're with your child. Right. And yet, you know, as parents, obviously, we get to kind of take to our time and do things the way we want. We don't have to be at that same high standard all sure. the time. But there are some things that um, when you're training 20, 21-year-olds to work with kids, we're really taking it down to the basics with mm -hmm. them. And so one of the chapters just called um, Catch Them Doing Something Right. And it's that concept of pointing out the good things mm -hmm. instead of always looking for the C. You know, right. so like as a parent... If you can just, even though our minds are trained to always see the negative, that was mm -hmm. like, you know, the fight or flight, whatever. Sure. Long time response. You know, we were like, if there was a bear, we needed to see it. So right. our mind goes straight to the bear and we're running from the bear. But we don't live that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And now we still look at our kid's report card and it's like A, B plus, A minus, you know, B minus, C. Right. Whoa. That's, I'm only thinking about the C. Yeah. Right. And... Um, and so one of my messages, and I, I speak to parents also, mm -hmm. one of the things I always have them do, I love this exercise so much, is I say, okay, think back to your like high school years. Raise your hand if you were a gifted athlete, mm -hmm. and, you know, like a smattering of hands. Raise your hand if you loved science, especially like labs. You mm -hmm. know, people raise your hand if you were into art. Mm -hmm. uh, raise your hand if you were such a reader and just could read and read and read and read and read. So, you know, parents do all this at the end. Mm -hmm. And then I said, raise your hand if you were excellent at all of those things I just mentioned. And of course, not a no, hand goes up. Right. And then I say, why then are we asking of our kids mm. something that we didn't even do ourselves? Right. And I feel like, you know, we don't mean to do this because we just want what's best for our kids and we think we're helping them by, right. let's get a tutor for that C because that's just not acceptable or whatever. But honestly, if your kid's thriving and doing well in some things in life mm -hmm. and there's other areas that aren't that great, as humans, that's kind of how life is. Mm -hmm. And you sort of have to figure out how to deal with your deficits and spend more time on the things you're good at and everything else. So I think camp for many kids is the first opportunity mm -hmm. that they get this sense of, wow, you know what? I, I can kind of just be me and that's okay. Right. Like yeah. I'm not getting graded. I'm just sort of here and wow, people think I'm funny or, yeah. you know, it just, um, but I think as parents, it's much harder because, you know, you feel this weight of like, oh my gosh, this person's entire future is like dependent on me mm -hmm. deciding what extracurricular they should do mm -hmm. or what course they should take. 
Um, so I think we we put a little bit too much weight in that when it's not really sure. As well, and it also stops us from the mission of preparing our children. Yeah. Rather, it, we're curating their lives. Yeah. But we're not preparing them to make mm-hmm. de- decisions as adults mm-hmm. that can thrive on their own. Mm-hmm. Because our our job is to right. get ourselves out of a job. Right. <laughs> you know, really. Yeah. In, in that standpoint. Right. And the epidemic of kind of anxiety and depression and all these scary things that are happening to our kids. Um, if we just step back a little bit mm-hmm. in our own families, no, don't worry about the rest of the world right. or what's going on with the kid next door or the kid down the street, but just in our own families, if we're taking time to have fun together, to chat with each other, mm-hmm. to um, just be supportive. And that goes a really long way as a kind of a protection factor mm-hmm. against these things that our kids inevitably are going to face. There's going to be mean people, mm-hmm. teachers who aren't fair, coaches, whatever. There's going to be that stuff. Right. Um, so, so part of it is just, I think I'm trying to tell people with this book and all my things is just take a step back. It's, it's, there's some simple things that mm-hmm. you can do mm-hmm. that just will, first of all, make your life a lot more pleasant. Mm-hmm. You won't be as stressed out as a parent your kid will be having a lot more fun and it could feel more like camp mm-hmm. at home, just that relaxed kind of atmosphere. So I mentioned, you know, we had our children all throughout the start of camp, has, mm-hmm. and so did you. Was there anything that you learned your first couple summers at camp that you said, oh, I'm going to do that at, at my home with my kids? Well, I think it was just all that, the just the chatting connection yeah. time, really. Um, and I mean, like you, I was a camp counselor before I was a parent mm-hmm. for many years. Well, so I'd started working at camp in 86 and my daughter was born in 94. Right. So I had quite a few years working with other people's kids, which by the way, is a lot easier than <laughs> parenting totally our own kids. And it's really funny cause I have, you know, I have this blog, Sunshine Parenting, and mm-hmm. I do this podcast, and I interview all these people, but of course my own kids are gonna be like saying comments like, oh, you know. Yeah, I wish you had done that. Yeah, or, or like, <laughs> is, are you gonna Sunshine Parenting me, you know? And so it's kind of like, you know, you don't, um, with my own kids, it's pretty relaxed and everything. But yeah. I have parents from camp who will tell me that they tell their kids, well, Sunshine said. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's great that your kids will listen, you know, right. whatever. Well, sometimes it's the messenger more than the message. Yes. You yeah. know, you got to have the right yeah. person. And I think we as camp directors, we have just enough of that separation with still some, you know, authority. But there's some right. fun in that. It's like, right. oh, okay, well, we'll listen to you. Right. You know, even though we're saying it's probably the same thing that the parents are saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I share in the book like my mistakes too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think especially when you have your first kid, yeah. it's like, you know, there's sometimes you you know just don't know what's going on. And right. we, we joke with my oldest daughter, who's she's 25 and she's turning out just fine. She's yep. a teacher now, but um, we joked about um, you know like she was our first waffle, and you know how the first waffle <laughs> you don't quite get enough batter in there, right? And then or something goes wrong, and then they get better. Right. But um, we joke about that with her, and it's kind of funny, but almost sometimes the mistakes you make are actually helpful to your kids Mm -hmm. because kids are very resilient. This is the other thing that I always want to tell parents, like, don't worry, you know, that time that you just yelled at them or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, if you go back later and teach them about apologizing, that's a great skill that they need to learn. So do not think (laughs) that there's anyone out there, myself included, who is this perfect, like always calm, patient parent. We all have our moments, Mm -hmm. but what our kids are learning from us is what real adult humans do. Right. So if we model for our kids that after we have had a bad day at work or whatever, and we come home mm-hmm. and we're like 
rude to somebody in our family, Mm -hmm. if later we can reflect to them and say, you know what? I had a bad day at work and I realized I just, you guys are easier to take it out on because you're closest to me. Right. And I can't say this to my boss. So, you know, I did this to you and I'm really sorry about that. Mm -hmm. And um, this is what I'm going to do. Next time when I'm in a mood like that, I'm going to sit in my car for five minutes in the garage. I'm going to take some deep breaths and I'm going to kind of regroup before I spend time with you. I feel like a lot of what I've done with my own kids is just sharing with them my own journey Mm -hmm. towards figuring things out. Right. Because we don't, I don't know why parents think they're supposed to be like, Perfect. Know how, how to know, do how, everything. Right. We don't. And kids would learn more from us when we are admitting that to them. So a lot of the book even says there, there's a chapter on um, like teaching our kids to take more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's a lot of parents who have gotten into the cycle of their kids, you know, have so many classes that they do all their chores for them thinking that it's too much, they don't have enough time. Right. And so in, in the chapter on responsibility, I talk about this concept that um, everyone in your household needs to be contributing for mm-hmm. many reasons, mm-hmm. but most importantly, so that we all feel needed. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be that one parent or both parents are doing all the work and we're letting our kid, oh, well, they need to study for physics so they don't have to help with the dishes. Right. Because life isn't like that. Yeah. You know, when we get to our jobs, we have to do our job and still do the dishes. Right. And so I just said, though, if your kids are older and you haven't started this, here's a script for a conversation you can have with them. And it is basically you sit down and say, you know what, kids? I was thinking that I was really helping you out by, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of doing these things for you, doing your laundry and and doing your dishes when you have homework. And now I've realized that I really need your help, first of all, Mm -hmm. because I'm tired and it makes me crabby to feel like I'm doing everything. Right. And you're going to be on your own soon and you need to learn these things. So we're changing some things around here. Here are some of the jobs that I'm doing now. What are some of the ones that you want to start taking on or learning how to do? So I just gave a script for that. And it's like, so if you haven't done it yet, mm-hmm. it's not like it's too late. Your 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 college kid home for vacation. Right. You can say it to you them. Still teach. Yes. Right. You can still so teach. it's never too late to make little changes or to say to our kids, you know what, we're gonna do something differently now. Yeah. This it's, isn't working for me. It's funny, I, I just a quick story on this. Sure. So we took our some we took a year off of school uh last year for our boys and we thought, all right, we're gonna teach them, we're gonna travel the world, we're gonna see a lot of things. We did most of the stuff in the US, but one of the things we taught them was how to do their own laundry. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had a, an eighth grader, a sixth grader, and a fourth grader, yep. they all learned how to do their laundry. Yep. Well, fast forward, we get back to camp, and we're doing our camp thing, and you know, we have our house at camp, and we've got a little washing machine in there just for our family. I come back in one day, and my son Cole, during rest hour, is back in our bedroom at our laundry. I'm like, son, you're supposed to be the bunk. What are you doing? He goes, I'm doing some of the guys' bunks laundry. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, they, they had dirty clothes. So I thought I'd just go do it for them. I said, okay, A, that's, that's really sweet. B, you're supposed to be your bunk. And C, why don't you bring them down here? Why don't you teach them how to do it so right. they can do it themselves? Right. And then tell them never come back to my house again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually, well, that was one of the things. And I think this is another thing. I think when you are a working parent mm-hmm. or both people are working. Right. Your household cannot function if your kids aren't helping, and especially when you have multiple kids. So one of the things with my family is it just got to the point where they needed to do things. Mm -hmm. Honestly, my kids, my my youngest was six when he started doing laundry, only by necessity. Um, (laughs) And we had moved into a new house, and they had their own bathrooms for the Mm -hmm. first time, and they had their own rooms, all of the kids. And so one of the things that I decided at that point is we have a housekeeper. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I decided at that point, we moved in, it was like 10 or 11 years ago. I said, um, the housekeeper comes to clean my room, my bathroom, mm -hmm. and our common areas, like dusting in like things. Um, your bedrooms and your bathrooms your are yours. And so everyone got their own little like bucket with the oh, toilet cleaner yeah. nice. and everything else. And you know, once a week, it's your responsibility to clean your own bathroom and here's how you do it and mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And then laundry the same way. And I mean, I have to say, you should see how terrible some of my, like <laughs> the boys, like, I mean, with my six year old, like I would help him um, get it to the point of like ready to be folded or something. Right. And then as they got older, they would just do it. They do it all themselves now. Everybody yeah. just does their own laundry. And they yeah. would, you know, I mean, they've been doing it for so long that it's just not even do. a thing. And my husband and I both do our own laundry as well. Right. Like we just, I used to do everyone's thinking like, I'm supposed to do that. I'm the mom. Mm -hmm. But I mean, with all those kids and myself and my husband and a job, right. I couldn't even keep up with it anyway. Sure. So it was just necessity. And so I think a lot of times like kids who come from like lower economic mm -hmm. backgrounds where um, they are, they have to help with their younger siblings, younger siblings. Um, that's actually really good for them mm -hmm. because they feel very needed. Yes. And I think one of the problems with teenagers, especially, um, in more like middle class or more affluent areas is mm -hmm. they have a lack of purpose. Mm -hmm. If they don't really like school and they're not really into anything mm -hmm. and then at home, they're not required to do anything. I feel like there would be a real sad kind of feeling of just, what am I here for? Absolutely. Well, a really smart camp director once told me that you cannot have rights without responsibilities. Yep. Yep. And so we talk about that a yep. lot at our camp. We also talk around our, our dinner tables. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, well, if you want the right of playing Fortnite, right. your responsibilities are X, Y, and Z. Right. And by the way, here are the constraints. You yep. know, so, and that's just life. Right. And the sooner we get into that, the better off it's going to be. Um, so I've read through the book. It's it's fantastic. So oh, I, I appreciate the the advanced copy. You are incredibly well read and widely read. Are there certain books or authors that that have really kind of shaped kind of where you've come from in terms of of where you are now? Yes, I have read a lot, and I, there's a lot I like. I already mentioned um, Brene Brown it's and amazing. Gretchen Rubin, both who are both people that I, I've read every single one of their writings. More recently, um, my current favorite is Cal Newport, oh, okay. who wrote um, the book Deep Work, mm -hmm. and then more recently, Digital Minimalism. And I just like his whole thought process about being a lot more intentional about both how we work, mm -hmm. how we schedule our days. Oh, another one I really love, Laura Vanderkam's Off the Clock. Oh, I've not heard that one. Okay. So, um, so I've been really thinking a lot about how we spend our time. And um, people often ask me, well, how did you have time to write a book? Or mm -hmm. um, how do you have time to blog? I get a lot of questions like that. Sure. And um, the truth is I do spend a lot of time working, mm -hmm. but I love working. Mm -hmm. So I like what I do. And so I do spend a lot of time either researching or writing or doing these things. And I enjoy it. So mm -hmm. that's, that's part of it. The other part is I've really learned to be very intentional mm -hmm. about um, you know, trying not to check my email every hour and doing these things because there's some things that practices that we get into that really both deter from our well-being mm -hmm. and our ability to do the things that we're really good at. Right. I feel like we can get, it's kind of easy to just get lost in the, oh, I'm just going to answer email and I'm just going to 
do whatever. Yeah, it's you the know. busy work, but is that yeah. busy work really going to push what, our goal forward? Right. You know, your yeah. goal obviously is to educate. Yes. You know, but in yeah. order to do that, you have to be educated yourself. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so a lot of books, I'm, I wish I could think of more. I should have brought a big list. I was thinking <laughs> well, of, um, you've got a couple of great lists on your I website. Do, I do. I do. I'll link the show Yes, notes. I do. I have a lot, like I have these ones, this whole, um, like 15 books that have really positively influenced my life. And then mm-hmm. another one I did with parenting. And a lot of the books that have impacted my parenting are not parenting books. Like huh. for example, Outliers, Oh yeah, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. Yeah. That really hit me. That one was mm-hmm. really good. Um, there's just a lot that are just more about like life. I feel like People should think of parenting the same way they think of their own well-being. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that you need as a human mm-hmm. to flourish? Your kids basically need the same things. Right. Yeah, the book uh, that we both share an interest in, uh, Moments by Chip and oh, Dan Heath. Love it, The Power we, of Moments. Yes. Kate and I listened to that on our yes. trip. And we kept looking at each other like, all right, well, first of all, that's going to be our theme for camp. Yes. You know, yes. orientation and during yeah. the summer. Awesome. But how are we going to use that with our own boys? Yeah. I mean, that was just, it has nothing to do with parenting, but it has everything to do with parenting. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a power moment story for us. So we have been, um, like you, during the summer, we do not take a family vacation because we're working all summer. So it's not like a traditional family thing, but we've tried to. And we get to. (laughs) Yeah, we get to. No, no, we get to, and our kids love camp. (laughs) But um, we decided after reading that book, we did it as an office read. So our Mm -hmm. whole office staff read it before we even knew that he was speaking at the conference last year. We didn't even know that. (laughs) So we had read it because I had listened to it, liked it so much. Mm-hmm. Gave it to my office staff for our team. Yeah. So we read the book, and my husband and I really talked about what that meant for us and for our family. And what we decided was to do this epic trip to Costa Rica mm. and learn how to surf over the Christmas holidays nice. this year. And so our kids, ranging in age from 15 to 25, <laughs> and we went with another family, actually another camp director family, uh-huh. who have a very similar you know yep. lifestyle, and it was so memorable. In the past, we've gone kind of to the same place every Mm -hmm. year, Mm -hmm. and that's so fun and comfortable, Right. and yet all of the trips have blended together. Right. We now have this moment and this memory from this trip, both the anticipation of it Mm -hmm. and actually the trip itself, and so now we're thinking of our next thing. It's going to be some other crazy thing, but um, so that book really impacted us, too, as parents and at camp, thinking a lot about the little things that you can do, little traditions or new traditions, Mm -hmm. things that you surprise kids when they're older. I think parents can learn a lot from that, too. That's awesome. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. Well, unfortunately, the fire's getting a little low, so we we both have to get back to it. Yeah, that's right. The microphone is is getting a little bit uh, different here. But thank you so much for spending some time with me around the campfire and talking and sharing your vast knowledge and and your interest and your love for the subject, because it's certainly something that we both enjoy. And, um, you know, parents, you really do need to get this book. It is it's very well worth your time and, and something that, you know, is near and dear to what we try to do here at Campfire Conversation. I'm so happy you took the time and the effort to actually do it. So thank you for, for all you're doing. Thanks so much for having me. This awesome. was great. Great. I don't really know exactly where to start <laughs> with this ending because there's so much good information that Audrey has shared with us through this conversation and in and, and her upcoming book, Happy Campers. It's, it's one of those situations where you know what's good and you know what should be, be done. Now you just have to go out there and do it. The good news is a lot of stuff that, that Audrey was talking about here are things that we can all do and put into practice with just a little bit of intention. 
the idea of, of being positive in your communication and, and your behavior management, the idea of, of creating real relationships, uh, the idea of connection before correction. There's so many great things. And just the simple reminder of when you were a kid growing up, you weren't great at everything. Um, and that's okay for your kids to not be great at everything too. So I really appreciated Audrey spending some time with us around the campfire to kind of help reset the barometer uh, that, that we all have for our children and frankly for ourselves. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for spending some time around the campfire. Uh, if you would, I'd appreciate if you leave the review on iTunes or whichever platform you're listening to. And please tell a friend, our campfire is big enough for everybody. Until we speak again, have a grateful week. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at supportscope.